0: Hey, you're listening to Bad Dylan. We've got another super good episode for you here. Just want to quickly say that if you like our stuff and you want to show us some love, please consider checking out our Patreon and throwing us a few bucks on there. We put in hundreds of hours of work on every episode of Bad Dylan, and the Patreon subscriptions are keeping this project going in a very real way. There's also bonus content that we post up there every so often that you might want access to. You can check that out at patreon.com slash bad That's patreon.com slash bad Dylan podcast. Thanks. And here's your bad Dylan. I have this funny memory in, of the other CD store in Branson that we wasn't the one that we worked at Justin M- music um, music for less. Well, there was one by that tattoo shop that was run by somebody who was associated with Rob Zombie <laughs> that was by Cold Stone Creamery. You have any idea what I'm talking about right now? Oh, yeah. Over there by what was like Fuddruckers and stuff yes. later. Yeah. yeah there, there was a CD store in there for a little while, and the guy that worked there, I was buy- I think I bought a Bob Dylan CD there. And the guy that worked there was like, oh, you like Bob Dylan? And I was like, yeah. He was like, I used to know Bob Dylan. And I was like, really? He was like, yeah, actually, I recorded with him a bunch on a bunch of his records. And I was like, no way. That's awesome. (laughs) And uh, he said, yeah, actually, on one of the bootlegs, at the beginning, he says something like, is it it rolling, Bob? Mm Mm-hmm. Or what? What? is that from Nashville that's, Skyline?
1: No, that's Highway 61 Revisited, I think. Well, is a rolling play- bob, and then it clicks into a... Oh, what song is that?
0: I feel like Elizabeth. that's uh, To Be Alone With You from Nashville Skyline. Am I right about that? I don't know. It doesn't you, matter. You may, you may be. I know exactly what you're talking. Is
1: it rolling bob? I can hear it. I know, and they kick into some song.
0: Hey, it's Nicholas cutting in here to say that I was right. It is... To be alone with you from Nashville Skyline. So I was right and Justin was wrong. So.
1: Is it rolling, Bob?
0: (laughs) To be alone with you. I'm pretty sure that guy was like, he was talking to me when he said that. And I was like, really? But isn't your name like Dave? (laughs) He was like. Yeah, but he got my name wrong. Uh huh. Uh-huh. So even if it's a true, I don't feel like it's a true story. But if it is, it's uh, it's pretty funny. It's that's like that's it, like the crazy old people who want
1: to tell you about how they know Elvis, right? You know, <laughs> it's like no, you don't. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: I know you. I know that you don't. But I used. To, I had like three or four people like that that I remember in the. At, at the the same era, the CD store, it must be like a Branson thing where people think that they're like closer to greatness
0: than they are, and they make up <laughs> stories that they think people will believe. So true. You know? I had I had a kid in my uh, one of my classes named Tyson Parton. His last name was spelled P A T P A R T E N. Oh and yeah. He, he was like, I am related to Dolly though, and I was like, but it, it spelled different. <laughs> he was like. Yeah, but but I am. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Anyway, freak circumstance
2: that we would have sit different but the same last names. Yeah, incredible NBA. shit, yeah. really. <laughs> <For> sure.
0: <laughs> well, you're listening to Bad Dylan, a bad podcast about Bob Dylan's bad music, and we're not talking badass. We're just just normal bad. <laughs> Every day for a week, we subject ourselves to one odious Dylan record, and then discuss our thoughts. I am Nicholas Naote. I'm Breakout star Matt Lawhead. And I'm the bad boy, Justin Hickerson. And we are your humble hosts and amateur rock critics. This week, we've sidled up to the bar and ordered ourselves a shot of love. (laughs) Released in August of 1981, the third and most angry installment of Dylan's Born Again trilogy, Shot of Love would be Dylan's worst-selling album in the U.S. since 1964, just about the beginning of his career. This is another Christian album that is interlaced with indignation and paranoia, taking a very accusatory and judgmental approach to eternal salvation. In his review of Shot of Love... Rolling Stone's Paul Nelson writes, When I first heard it, Shot of Love sounded like Bob Dylan's most interesting record in a long time. Interesting, not good. (laughs) There were even a couple of numbers in which he didn't sandbag us with endless I've got him and you don't references to Jesus. Nelson goes on to say, Being reborn changed the world for him, Dylan claims, but his Christian compositions rarely praise God in any conventional religious manner. Instead, they're choked with anger, rife with self-pity, and so swollen with self-absorption that the singer often seems to think that he and Jesus are interchangeable on that mythic cross, <laughs> ultimate victims, and of course, it's all our fault. <laughs> I, thought, I thought that quote was pretty insightful. Uh, I feel like Dylan, in, in his religious phase, often sounds more like a kid that's been spanked than a adult man who's discovered enlightenment
1: <laughs> i agree i think that uh that that is uh, an accurate and like deeper than surface level depiction of that album he definitely does seem like he's got a real chip on his shoulder about his uh, his sta- his staunch christianity now
0: right and it's not very compelling like he's apparently full of god's love but also seems to really hate everyone
2: yeah, his uh, his coming to Christ didn't uh, show him any humility. It seems he he just got really spiteful and uh, angry at everyone else who's not, I guess, following his path. And uh, he
1: definitely does, and he uses um, it's like a bunch of a bunch of finger pointing for for seemingly like made up scenarios (laughs) yeah things
2: things that aren't he's obviously not speaking from a real life experience he's made up characters and situations and then he's mad about how they are going right
1: (laughs) right and and which in and of itself isn't very out of character for for bob but none of these these are all pretty simple scenarios that, that he's talking about, you know? And kind of like cheap, like easy topic matter. In that first, uh, in that song, Shot of Love, you know, he references like heroin, has like heroin addiction references, and it's like, I don't think Bob ever had a serious heroin problem, so why is he like commenting so strongly on the matter, <laughs> you know?
0: Yeah, he, he talks down to drug-addicted people quite a bit, but yet... Seems to uh, really have a lot of good feelings towards Lenny Bruce for some reason, which we'll we'll get we'll get into that later. Yeah, yeah, um, that's bizarre. Yeah, it's also worth pointing out that this is one of Bob's favorite of his albums, which is interesting to me. He brings it up time and time again in interviews. Uh, for me, I think the most
2: explosive album I've ever done. Uh, even going back to Blonde on Blonde or
1: or freewheeling or any of those uh bring it all back home or
2: highway 61 or, wh- or wherever they were and i believe that in time people will see that one
1: album of mine which i think it was uh, was overlooked was a shot to love album and i just think it
2: came out at the
1: wrong time and the reason people didn't respond to it was was because there was no there's no history of it i'm not sure why one album has more history than. well them. well for, for instance they record all most of my albums like well, this say, oh yeah well this one's oh yeah because this one was here this one's here you know and this one's here oh yeah well this is a logical extension of that and uh, oh well okay well this don't fit in but this one does and this is connected to that and so it all makes sense here comes a record like Shot of Love, which don't make sense uh, uh, on any kind of that sociological, political, uh, romantic level. That's why, you know, and people don't can't relate to it because they, can't, they don't think that way, you know. But the sound of it was, was good, and and uh, the sound of it was very good. The sound of it. Shot of Love. And- I have to say, and we can get more into this later, that I actually have really come to like this album myself Mm. and will definitely, like, listen to it again. My mind has been changed. I I actually like this album. I think it's, in the chronology of everything, is definitely pretty far out and belongs on this list because I know of us, all three of us already had the preconceived notion that this album is just bad.
0: Yeah. You know? I've heard, Justin, I've heard you make fun of Shot of Love for, like, over 15 years now I feel like it's been like the punchline of your jokes about bad well I mean
1: as far as covers go like as as just like just someone who's like skimming through them like when I see that I don't immediately think that oh man this is a classic Bob Dylan record it looks like a lousy 80s album yeah you know it's It's, the cover
0: of this album is just incredibly lame it's Uh, For for those listening along, it's just the words shot of love in a pop art comic book style. It has nothing to do with the album. It's super (laughs) ugly, and you just simply hate to look at it.
1: And on the back, it's uh, on the back side, it's Bob really contemplating uh, Rose, but he looks really greasy and
0: and exhausted. (laughs) Yeah. Contemplating a rose. Yeah, that's what he's doing. Um, Speaking (laughs) of people
2: that uh, love this album and also apt ways to put it, um, it was mentioned in this Rolling Stones article, 100 Greatest Singers of All Time. You know, Bob Dylan made number seven out of the 100 Greatest Singers of All Time, which I'm floored by, but I can understand he's influential, but...
0: Greatest. He's got a soulful voice. Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, okay. I like Dylan's voice a lot, but yeah. Greatest
2: I mean. of all... Okay, anyway, but
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: I'm not saying I don't like Bob Dylan's voice. I don't like it when he's doing uh, generic dad rock blues tunes, but... Uh, but in, in this uh, article, uh, the person right that's writing it, which I didn't look up, says, I love that album, Shot of Love. There's no production. You're just in a room hearing him sing. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a good way to put a lot of the, at least the first half of this album for me, really sounds like harsh, just sitting in a room, listening to a band practice, basically. If
1: you're not enthusiastic about it to begin with, there's not a lot to like really sway you. There really were no aha moments where I was like this album's not bad. It just kind of marinated well over the last couple years since I actually listened to it and stopped just making fun of it with unwarranted claims of its badness. Sure. They were warranted. You're right
0: though, Matt. The the production is <laughs> uh, The production is mystifying. It's um, Some of these albums, it's like, how did a Bob Dylan album possibly get made that sounds this bad? Like, who was producing this shit, and how could they not do a better job? Justin, I have a question for you. Do you think this album is good, Dylan? Yes. Wow, you think it's good, Dylan? I do.
1: Um, Mm. Just because... I'm happy that he's still not quite tired. I I like that even though it's a pretty far right turn, I do like that this is kind of the end of what was like two decades of nonstop uh, changing and kind of throwing his his fans curveballs and making borderline questionable professional decisions as far as like things that could potentially ruin his reputation and whatever like here like it's a christian album and yeah it's chumpy (laughs) and yeah he is kind of being a little a little baby about whatever he's just pissed and christian (laughs) but he still like gives a shit yeah. Whereas you know, later on in this decade and on a cup like down in the groove on episode one, he just sounds like he's just
2: <laughs> given up. And yeah. here he's still yeah. trying
1: to like make waves, if it were, you know.
2: Yeah. Um. He does have some energy in this one, which I do appreciate. Some of the tracks on the previous albums, he was he didn't he wasn't selling it a hundred. He didn't believe in it a hundred percent himself. But to say to go back to the how much he loves this album. He's on, quote, he's on record saying, the purpose of music is to elevate and inspire the spirit. Dylan told New Musical Express in 1983, to those who care where Bob Dylan is at, they should listen to Shot of Love. It's my most perfect song, he says. Wow. It defines where I am spiritually, musically, romantically, and whatever else. It shows where my sympathies lie. It's all there in that one song. So, do you have a, a, date, a, a date cited for this? He, t- he said this. Uh, he said this in 1983. So it was a couple years after. Okay.
0: I mean, he's talking about the song "Shot of Love," which has. Uh, the lyric, don't need a shot of whiskey to help me be president. <laughs> Just want to point out that <laughs> yeah. lyric. It's, it's also <laughs> worth noting
1: that Bob Dylan does now own a whiskey company. Oh, he, really? Yeah. <laughs> so He's a man of his word. Recently, I met some distillers and blenders, and together we cooked up our own brand of Tennessee bourbon double barrel and straight rye whiskey. Maybe you've read about it. It's called Heaven's Door. Now I'm not going to pull your coat too much about it because me telling you how good it is, is like trying to tickle yourself. It just doesn't work. Okay. Speaking of a slight tangent here, but a a man of his word and odd business endeavors, um, in the sixties, there's a, like a, I read in a book of, uh, interviews that I had where he was at that time where he was just really haranguing people that were giving him interviews. And someone was asking him about whether or not he was going to go to the protest in the afternoon. And he was like, no, I'm busy all day, blah, blah, blah. And the guy says, well, do you support the protest? And he says, well, I don't really endorse you know, whatever. He just, was just like really giving him a bunch of non-answers. And the guy said, well, if you were to endorse something, what would you endorse? And he says, I don't know. Maybe ladies' garments? And everyone kind of snickered and laughed. Fast forward like 30 years in the 90s at some point, he did do a Victoria's Secret ad. Oh, wow. Wow. Oh. <laughs>
0: That's weird. <laughs> I mean, Fascinating.
1: I just wonder if, like, sometimes I wonder if his whole career isn't just trying to like really get a good laugh on everyone (laughs) you know because if I could put that together certainly Bob put that together when he was doing the Victoria's Secret ad you know it's like I'm really glad I said that 30 years ago (laughs) because he's he looks so he's so old at that point it's not sexy you know (laughs) wait he's physically in a victoria's secret yeah he was like in a commercial there was a Victoria's secret he wasn't modeling the lingerie was he no but there was like a bob dylan gone sexual kind of really old (laughs) real pencil nasty mustache close up (laughs) close up of his face just looking all you know snarly and a little like victoria's secret you
0: know, logo That's exclusive so weird. Bob Dylan. What on earth? <laughs> <Yeah>. That's weird. <laughs> well, to, to the point, I you, you said that this qualifies to you as good Dylan, Justin, and I, I can't personally, I have my opinions of what is good Dylan, but I'm not an expert on what's good Dylan. I am an expert on what's bad Dylan, and I think that this qualifies as bad Dylan. I think it's like, it's it's good Dylan adjacent. It's like top it's like top tier bad Dylan, but <laughs> D- Dylan light. Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> it's not worst Dylan by any means, but I don't think it's good Dylan. It's, I think it's bad Dylan for sure. Yeah. Another thing that's baffling to me about this uh, record is why. I mean, I guess he just really loved that song "Shot of Love," and that's why it's titled. Because before, like a couple years before this, another album called "Shot of Love." Was released by this band Lakeside, and it got some pretty uh, decent popularity in its time, too. So it's strange that sh- so shortly after he would come out with an album by the exact same title.
0: Give me a shot of love. I got Bob Dylan steal the name of this album from some unknown band called Lakeside?
2: (laughs) Unknown band called Lakeside. Hey, I mean, it could
1: be purely by happenstance. You know, DC Talk, the contemporary Christian group, released Supernatural in 2000, the same year that Santana released Supernatural featuring Rob Thomas. (laughs) 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 Coincidence? I think not. Yeah. Is the
2: ACDC song, Shot of Love, uh, uh, using inspiration from the album uh, from Bob Dylan or the album from Lakeside?
0: Wait. ACDC has a song called Shot of Love. Yeah. <laughs>
2: yep. Is, is it are, a cover? Sure? It's not a say, it's are not, you not you a sure cover. It's not Shot of Love. <laughs> no, I think the Shot of Love the ACDC is talking about is not the Christian shot of uh, evangelical love. It's more Are they physical... talking
0: ejaculate?
2: Yeah, they're talking cum. The... Yeah. Shot of love, shot of love. Shot of love. Yeah, I mean, I just assume any time ACDC's singing, it's about ejaculate. Cool. Uh, All
0: right, let's dig into the... (laughs) Very good. This is cool content right here. Uh, Let's dig into the the, the track list here. Track one, Shot of Love. Um, If you weren't already accustomed to the weird, bad production of this era... You might feel real weird hearing this song. It's just—it's more blues rock, uh, but it's kind of good. It's—it's good Dylan adjacent. The production sounds really bad, though, like worse than it needs to. And I feel like it would be really easy to remaster this and make it sound way better. Like, I think I could do a better job. The production. The mix. The mix is really weird. Like, yeah,
2: it sounds harsh. Uh, Bob and the singer sound really harsh to me on the on the stream that I listened to. So I was listening digital. It I, sounds
1: but, like they were mixing it for car radio speakers in like the mid-80s, mm. you know? It's, it sounds like an AM radio. It does. When you know that it's supposed to sound like that, I guess it, it makes it a little more forgivable. But nonetheless, it does not sound like it was mixed to be played on any kind of like hi-fi, like they were trying to make some kind of audiophile masterpiece. It sounds like something they were trying to get people to listen to on a cassette tape in their new Grand dam. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, the, the vocals are completely dry, like no EQ, no compression, no reverb, nothing. And it's a weird sound. It just like doesn't sound completed from a production standpoint. Um, but Matt, you mentioned the backup singers, and one positive thing I can say about this album and these records from this era is that it does seem like the, the backup singers were given lots of agency, uh, and there are some very... <laughs> creative and unusual performances from them. <laughs> <laughs> Which I tend to appreciate
2: the strangeness of them sometimes. I don't know if Bob is just an unpredictable singer, but it, there's instances in all of these bad Dylan records that the backup singers either didn't give enough, wasn't given enough time to learn the words or they're thrown a loop every once in a while. Cause you'll hear them get off. They're not singing the right words. And this, I think this has a section in there too, where, they're really late to come in and not sure what they're singing. I, I, it could be that they just weren't given enough time. Could have been an honest fluke. But I'm guessing that Bob is probably an unpredictable performer as well. And so they don't uh, they, they don't have a chance to uh, acclimate in time. <laughs> <laughs> Sync up totally.
0: Wow. Well,
1: The big kind of R bomb, mm. the rape word, being used, so it it seems to be you're supposed to hear it the way it sure it really grabs it's, you. It's poised and it's supposed to be jolting, and perhaps in the early 80s words like that were thrown around a little more often. But I do not think that that line would pass the standards for commercial release contemporary mm. christian or secular otherwise
2: that's not a very pc term you've only murdered my father raped his wife that's part of it is one of those like there's two but it's
0: a longer it's a longer one there's something about like tattooing my baby yeah i got the whole right? thing right what here
2: uh, why would i want to take your life you've only raped my father or murdered my father raped my wife Tattooed my babies with a poison pen, mocked my God, humiliated my
0: friends. That's not none of those things have happened to Bob Dylan. Like zero of those (laughs) things are real. It's a little extreme. Yeah, he's imagining them, (laughs) and he's pretty pissed about it too. Yeah, he's creating them. (laughs) Right. Yeah.
1: (laughs) I don't know. That just seems like a really, really inappropriate, and I don't think that it would that that would be allowed to be released today
2: (laughs) yeah that's the first of like two or three uh really stand out like i might just be listening to the background and that piques my attention i hear that you can't not hear that and then all of a sudden i'm alert uh for a few seconds (laughs) (laughs) right afterwards especially in like the the
1: opening track of of just any album no matter what the topic
0: matter is it just seems like an like an interesting uh, way to get Right, attention. and it's positioned, it's positioned and mixed in this way where, like, all the music drops out except the drums, and he says these incendiary, intense lines that yes. just like hook in your in your craw, <laughs> right in the craw. Let's let's move on to "Heart of Mine." This is a, a song about making sure that you don't communicate your fondness for other people, <laughs> and apparently, this was a recording that would not have made the record except that Ringo Starr happened to be on it is is that why it was he plays tom sh- uh, tom on the album yeah oh. that's what it says in
2: the liner <laughs> Really, <Right>. that's, <laughs> that's it's so yeah funny.
1: yeah it's right here on the on the sleeve too ringo star the tom tom <laughs> i guess perhaps they couldn't afford <laughs> ringo on an entire drum set <laughs>
0: It's like, I'll charge you half for just the Tom Tom As
2: with a lot of the songs on this I found, so we didn't really do our weekly thing But through the week, I was, uh, at the beginning of the week I was listening to the words and trying to understand the songs And then midway through, I found the trick to enjoying this record for me And it's to not listen to the words at all Hear Hear the melody, hear the singing I like the backup singers on Heart of Mine as well a lot Uh, But if I just don't listen to what the song's about, I found I this was a sleeper hit for me. Uh, Once I found out, don't listen to how uh, spiteful Mm. and uh, angry he is. Just listen to the song for the music, and I liked this one after Mm. that. Yeah, it
0: was stuck in my head all week, that's for sure.
1: And that's very true of this and the album before it saved for me is how I feel a lot, is because some of these songs are very catchy, If you're not trying to have a deep listen, it's great to throw on while I'm, like, doing the stupid dishes or some other menial task. When I have to sit down and, like, listen to it and analyze it, though, it does become frustrating because these seemingly, like, kind of, like, boppy, make-you-wanna-bob-your-head songs are, like...
0: (laughs) Yeah. It's like throwing a little baby fit. Well... It's it's like emo, emo bob. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean... All all good Bob is emo Bob. Like, don't think twice it's all right. Amazing. This I thought that this song was, was uniquely self-aware for this time because he has a couple of, like, bordering on self-deprecating lyrics. Like he says, heart of mine so malicious and so full of guile, which, like, i feel like is rare for him in this time (laughs) period he's always like on the fucking high horse like i'm perfect and you're you're a failure for whatever reason i dictate (laughs) yeah
1: Yeah. i wrote in my notes here now these are lyrics i want to hear this is bob reaching for words he has yet (laughs) yet to use in a song you know (laughs) so
2: guile (laughs) it's uh it's not pretty (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it is nice me. to have Bob kind of um, admit to some of the faults of things be internally his and not the agency of a woman he's with. Because or... a lot of it, and I think later on this album too, a lot of it is like, oh man, when we get to uh, that Watered Down Love song, lyrically that one bugs me a lot. But in this one, he doesn't trust himself. he's uh, He's... Aware that he is fallible and uh like heart of mine give you an inch, you'll take a mile. I you know, I appreciate that it's his fault. He's singing about a problem he has and he admits to it instead of it being
0: everyone else's problem. Uncharacteristically self-critical for sure.
1: Don't let her see. Don't let her see that you need her. Don't put your stuff over the line.
2: The Tom Tom really uh brings this one together too for me. It really uh <laughs> the whole song
0: into one nice package. If you uh if you focus in on the backup singer doing harmonies, it sounds like it was her first take and she wasn't clear on what she was supposed to sing.
1: That that <laughs> seems to be what starts to happen here. Yeah. In in some later albums there are songs where
0: it's absolutely clear that the backup singer doesn't know what they're they're supposed to be singing. Right, but generally pretty good musicianship on this album. Like it's it's pretty listenable. A lot of the tracks, I like the way the tracks are put together and the
2: music that's being played. It's only when Bob comes in that I'm like, "Oh, what is this? That sounds so <laughs>
0: raw and weird. It's I mean it's it's listenable. Like when I was a server, I used to wait tables and like I would t- try to tell people that our I would tell people that our house wine was drinkable. You know, it's fine. It's not good, <laughs> but it's drinkable. And this this album is it's listenable, I would say. <laughs> it's it's not good. It, but you can listen to it. Right. It's not
1: irritating sound. The production is as we mentioned less than stellar
0: but it's not noise it's not mm-hmm. unbearable one of my dad's friends uh he calls like a cheap bottle of wine or a cheap bottle of whiskey he'll call it using whiskey <laughs> yeah using
1: yeah that's right so i that's wouldn't right. call
0: a uh,
2: shot of love using uh, bob dylan though no I'm just not no i'd just pass it
0: i would just rather not drink that night moving on uh property of jesus when i saw the title of this track i was like okay here we go but it's it's kind of a ripper actually uh i'm pretty into the chorus i, I think it's pretty good what you're you're saying no matt you no so? i mean again once i turn off the
2: lyrics i like the piano lick that the whole song is based on i think that's a pretty nice driving uh, melodic thing and i'm not a huge fan of the chorus I don't. It doesn't do much for me. Um, and the lyrics, I'm pissed about the lyrics. This he's pissed too. This is one of the biggest ones where he's made up these situations.
0: Mm. Uh,
2: he's singing about a hypothetical situation, and he's pissed about how people are treating. This is also a confusing narrative. The our point of view of this narrative is strange as well. He's singing about someone else that he knows, and how people are treating that
0: other person. And he's upset right. About it, it feels it feels like it's from the perspective of somebody singing about him, in a way. Like, but it's uh, yeah, it's confusing, isn't it? Y-
1: yes, but he's been like kind of notorious for doing that and like trying to s- switch perspectives and like sure. take on multiples. But it it doesn't translate well here because he's like full blown defensive. He's yeah, like yeah. we were saying. Like it doesn't really translate because no matter who he's talking about is like, I don't think anyone is like you are walking around being like, I'm a Christian. What? What? You know? And like <laughs> right. getting in, you're that
0: that guy getting in people's faces. Like right. It, it's like just, guys who own guns. Like just imagining every possible time they could <laughs> use their gun. Yeah. What
1: about? Yeah. What. Yeah, sitting here uh the court. He's the property of Jesus. Resent him to the bone. You got something better. Like, You've got <laughs> something
2: better. You've got a heart of stone. Wow. I I do love the how sarcastic that and it even sounds like he, he the way he delivers that uh that bit of lyric it's sounds seething. sarcastic as hell too. Seething. Yeah. They say that he's a loser because he got no common sense because he does his expense because he's not afraid of trying say he's got no style
1: because he doesn't tell you jokes and fairy tales Says he's failed to make you
0: smile but he's the poverty of jesus I mean the, the vocal performance I think is is actually very good on this track although it might sound nasal and whiny if you're not already accustomed to his 80s output. Uh, uh, yeah, by this yeah. point
2: uh, the first two tracks sound really harsh and then this one sounds well produced in comparison. It does, he still has a sort sort of like whiny tendencies but I I don't, I don't have anything complainy wise to say about
0: how the how the song sounds. It's just what he's saying. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds I think it sounds pretty good. It almost feels like a track off Infidels, which I think was his next album and I'm I'm a huge fan of that album. But there are some very odd percussion decisions being made on this song. There's a lot of uh <laughs> yeah. there's a lot of clanging going on. This is the only really out and out overt
1: Jesus song on this I mean it's widely regarded as a Christian album, but this is the only real, you know, all-out Jesus song where the previous album "Saved" was, boy, well, just
0: a regular Sunday morning's church session. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it doesn't get any more Christian than "Saved," so <laughs> you can only, you, you know, you can only get less Christian from there.
1: Right, that's the that's peak Christian faith, right there.
2: This song makes me think about the strange thing that happens to both people that find god and people that uh, leave religion Uh, describe it as a very freeing experience both of them there's a section of lyrics where he says when the whip that's keeping you in line doesn't make him jump says he's hard to hear and says that he's a jump says he's out of step with reality as you try to test his nerve because he doesn't pay no tribute to the king that you serve like he's he's broken the mold he knows uh, a deeper truth and he's been freed uh, from the Chains that bind everyone else around him. Now mm. he serves. He, now he's the property of Jesus. He's been freed <laughs> from the. <laughs> I
0: he's just don't freed, understand. but he's the property of Jesus. <laughs> exactly. The, yeah. I just don't understand
2: that. I don't understand what he means when he's saying like you, uh, sheeple,
0: basically. Right, but need yeah, a, <laughs> property of Jesus. When you really analyze those words, it's a little troubling. Like, yeah, Jesus yeah. owns you. Like, is it, that's a good thing? Okay. I don't know. Yeah. Do you, would you guys
1: understand what I was talking about? If you, do you know those little like Christian
0: comic strips? Yeah. There's that, a word that, for them that, too. That people will it would... track. It's like, uh, something tracked. Mm. But yeah, I know. Yeah. Those. But you know what I'm talking about?
1: Like this, this song seems like a musical representation of that. Yeah is like a made-up scenario to be defensive. It's super
2: hyperbolic as well,
0: yeah.
1: Yeah. Stop your conversation when he passes on the street. Hope he falls upon himself. Oh, won't that be sweet? Because he can't be exploited by superstition anymore. Because he can't be bribed or bought by things that you adore. Yeah, (laughs) you. (laughs) You, yeah. Yeah, I know I know you stop talking when I walk by and hope that I fall down. It's like
2: What?
0: What? <laughs> excuse me. Excuse me, what?
2: Yeah,
0: it's just a it's a, it's a schoolboy fantasy. Um those those comics are called chick tracts, by the way. Chick- and yeah, chick tract. I think the it's like a family like chick hmm. something. But those yeah. are super, super funny. If you're well, they're not funny at all. They're they're very homophobic and stuff like that. But uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I don't know. <laughs> they're interesting. <laughs> they exist. Okay, I'll say this. They're very exaggerated. It's like a it's like a caricature. They they come up with some some really insane caricatures in those things.
1: And oftentimes very violent.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And if you can separate it from the harm that they cause, it they're they're kind of funny.
1: Yeah. Right, just at their the absurdity that is suggested in some of these scenarios, which you know we could have a whole episode about that. So <laughs> I'll try to abstain from from going
0: down that rabbit
1: hole. But uh, this song, speaking of
0: whole other episodes, Justin, I've been meaning to ask: Are we going to do Dylan and the Dead?
2: I heard just I saw some people talking about how we, bad it is, and I'm not familiar with it. I'll so. be honest;
0: I haven't even. Really tried to listen to that since I was in high school. I feel like we should consider it because, like, I love The Grateful Dead and I love Bob Dylan, but that album sucks. (laughs) I don't know what what was going on, but it's just not good. Or maybe it's good. I haven't listened to it in like a decade. I don't know.
1: Well, we'll just make an episode. We'll all give it a swing because this this seems to be one that none of us have ever really listened to. So yeah, it's worth noting that on uh this song property of jesus has been played according to com, exactly 0 times <laughs> played live you mean
2: i always like it when they get in yeah 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 never never uh never played it you know what though that's not the case with uh our next song though uh the right. most bizarre choice for a track on this christian album lenny bruce which was played 117 times
0: really Truly weird song. Oh, this and is, recently, too. This is a, a bizarre and ill-conceived tribute to the to the edgelord, <laughs> Lenny Bruce. For those who don't know who, who Lenny was, he was a foul-mouthed, obscene, drug-addicted comedian. And it's super odd to me that high-horse Christian Dillon chose to write such a generous song about him.
2: Yeah, I have a question for anyone, or for you two. Uh, does... Accidental death count as suicide if you did it to yourself. Which that sounds like a really dark question, but uh, Lenny, Lenny died from a drug overdose, right? That wouldn't.
0: necessarily wasn't trying to kill himself, so that wouldn't really be considered suicide, would it? I don't. I don't think so. But he frames it that way, like he did it on purpose in the song. I understood it that if if someone, no matter what the
1: circumstances were if they were to die as a result of their own action before God intended them to, that they had taken their own life because they had resumed the role of God.
2: Hmm. See, I wonder that because in the song, Bob mentions that he's in a better place now. But I don't think a lot of Christian denominations would believe that you go to heaven after a suicide. Do they? Mm, I don't think so. I think that's one of those major no no sins that <laughs> yeah, that keep you from the pearly gates,
0: well, and Lenny Bruce did a lot of major no no sins <laughs> right I don't think, yeah, I don't think
1: that any denomination of any religion really would look generously kindly to to Lenny Bruce at all
0: <laughs> no, some fascinating lyrics here he says uh <laughs> he, he points out that Lenny Bruce never cut off any baby's heads, which is I I mean, that's a low standard. That's a low bar for being like a good person, not cutting off baby's head.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And that line starts with something that kind of fits in with the rest of the list. It says, never robbed any churches, which, okay, that's another... Are we just listening to the things Lenny Bruce didn't do? <laughs>
0: yeah, didn't. I, didn't, I didn't rob any churches. I didn't cut off any babies' heads either. <laughs>
2: There's a lot. Yeah. That's a long song. That's not a very efficient <laughs> way to tell a story.
0: <laughs> yeah, the lyric about how Lenny Bruce never cut off any babies' heads is another one of those where it just like screams at you every time you like hear it. Yeah, you, if you're not paying attention, you start paying attention. Mm-hmm, um, right, and that lyric, it just has it has nothing to do with Lenny Bruce or anything related. Like, it does not connect. It's just it's just solely like from Bob Dylan's imagination. Like, <laughs> it, he was never like. I, I, in my head, I was like, okay, was Lenny Bruce accused of cutting off babies' heads? But or is that no. some part of some joke he made or something? But no. Yeah. <laughs> no, it has, it has nothing to do with anything. Never
1: robbed any churches no cut off any babies' heads He just took the folks in high places
0: would that be a biblical reference of some kind no i i don't think it does i i did some some deep googling i could not find any connection to anything huh as far as i can tell it's just a, a creation of bob dylan yeah. Um, and also and- the, they stamped him and labeled him like they do with pants and shirts <laughs> such <laughs> a fucking weird simile yeah. makes no sense <laughs> yeah stamped I him and labeled him like they do with
2: pants and shirts there's a lot of funny things with the lyrics in this I like the anecdote about him and uh, Lenny Bob and Lenny going on their on their taxi ride oh I don't know God. is this supposed to be a compliment mm-hmm. he says uh, I rode with him in a taxi once only for a mile and a half seemed like it took a couple of months <laughs> right is, is that, that like is that a good is thing? is this
0: supposed to be a compliment somehow it's so funny I
1: rode." Only for a mile and a half. seemed like it took a couple of
2: miles. <laughs> yeah, weird song. this is one of the more liked songs apparently though from what little I saw of uh, just people talking about it on the internet, this one was uh, it was kind of a hit mm. Strangely to me yeah, pretty long song too. It's a weird one. You know, Lenny Bruce wasn't the, uh, or Bob Dylan wasn't the only one to be inspired by Lenny Bruce, though. Uh, I looked it up, and he's also mentioned in R.E.M.'s It's the End of the World as We Know It. Um, yeah, L- L- Lenny Bruce is not afraid. <laughs> and uh, it's also he also appears on the cover of Sgt. Pepper's uh, Lonely Hearts Club Band. There you go. Interesting, Matt.
1: I'm People really, it, really man. glad that you brought up "It's the End of the World as We Know
2: It" because DC Talk. <laughs> yeah, <I'm going> back <laughs> on DC Talk. Again. <laughs> it all way. comes around to DC Talk. Yeah. Down with the
0: DC Talk. Down with the DC Talk. Down with the DC Talk. Down with the DC Talk.
1: In their live album, "Welcome to the Freak Show," actually cover. It's the end of the world as we know it. And when it comes to the part where they say uh, uh Lenny Bruce is not afraid, they just say, You know I am not afraid. They don't say really? Lenny Bruce They don't
0: touch they Lenny Bruce. Even, it's too- they can't even <laughs> say his name. They won't. Um and, so uh, funny. that is
1: I I I completely did not think of that at all until you mentioned that song and I was like you know
2: what DC <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: If you guys ever want to do, I could make a playlist for us. Um, do a a diversion episode just about
2: DC talk. <laughs> I would I would love it. That would be enlightening to me. I'm not uh, terribly familiar. It's,
0: it's, I had a, I think I had a DC talk CD when I was a kid. I had all of them. Listener, if you want if you want us to do. The DC talk episode, just send us an email at bobdillon at gmail.com. <laughs> um, Bob Dylan at gmail.com. <laughs> <laughs> no, we'll get it, I'm sure. Yeah, it'll get to us. We'll get it. I'm sure. Uh, moving on, song five, Watered Down Love. Uh, this is this is an interesting one. It's it sounds to me like the drummer on this track maybe only has one arm. <laughs> like as uh, a, what is, as is it a, Def
1: Leppard that has that? Yeah, as a matter of
0: fact, it is No, it's not <laughs> It uh, wouldn't surprise <laughs> me That might be too big of a name for Bob Dylan in this period, though It says, a uh, Jim <laughs> Oh, <laughs> all it Jim says. Yeah, Jim
2: Yeah,
1: vocals, bonnet, Bob and Clyde Backing vocals, Clyde, Regina, Madeline Drums, Jim Guitars, Fred Tuckett,
2: Danny Kermuck, piano. Yeah, so the Jim. guy was embarrassed. I guess he was like, Jim. "Oh, are you really going to use the track with me on it, Bob? Just don't, don't, don't use, put my, my, last my last name." name. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was the unpaid intern that was working that night. <laughs> what
0: do you What do you
2: guys think about this song? I don't like it. This is one of my. This is a, the one of the low points for me, honestly. Um, oh. I don't mind it if I turn the lyrics off, but in this one especially, he is taking problems he has with someone else and equating it as, you don't want a love that's pure, you want a drowned love, you want a watered-down love, and some of the stuff that he's talking about is things that are entirely his problem. Like, uh, they won't uh, spite you, they won't uh, make you jealous, uh, it don't make you suspicious, it don't make you envious. That's what a pure love does. But he is decided. He's the one that decides whether he's envious or suspicious. So mm. he's blaming someone else for, I guess, going about their lives in a way Bob doesn't like and calling it watering down that love of theirs. <laughs> love that's pure. Hopes all things. Believes all things. Won't no strings. Up into your room talk capture your soul, and hold it for a ransom I don't like this song um, I'll just say that you guys can talk uh, uh, about how you feel about it now because <laughs> I, I'm getting upset <laughs> oh. I I I
1: actually really really enjoy this song it's it's one. It's one of my favorites. I do think the 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 lyrics are pretty cheap and loaded. I think my favorite line on here is a won't write it up and make you sign a false confession. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's like, come on, dude. <laughs> <laughs> It's like who wrote it up and made you sign a false. It's like, it's like, what on earth, dude? If
2: you want your love to be pure, you have to be punctual. It's always on time, according to Bob. It's always content. Uh, it is an eternal flame, quietly burning. It doesn't need to be proud. They're just, I don't know. I'm sorry, I got, I got heated up again
0: about it. I mean, sound wise, it's. It's pretty unique. Uh, it, I mean, it feels like '90s production, and I, I mean, it, it also honestly kind of feels like an old guy trying to make modern-sounding music,
1: or a or a producer desperately trying to keep an old guy relevant, <laughs> right, sounding. right? Sounding
0: relevant. It all it also has the feel of like contemporary Christian music. It's got that like posy yeah. spice. I agree that it has that posy spice,
2: as you put it. But the lyrics are accusatory in the same breath, you know? It sounds like nice and positive, but he's saying, you don't want a love that's pure. You want to drown love.
0: You yeah. want to water
2: down
1: love. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it sounds like a fucking, like, like an angry
2: husband storming out the door. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because maybe she led him astray or held him back or messed up his day. Yeah. Or corrupted him with stupid wishes.
0: That's right. It doesn't mess up your day. I forgot about that lyric. Oh, my God.
2: Yeah. Oh, you watered down our love by being late and messing up my day and having <laughs> oh, stupid no. wishes. Oh,
0: it's so bad. Yeah. It I, this song bugs me. It really yeah. does. Yeah. It's a love that won't mess up your day. <laughs> <laughs> so bad will not deceive you or
1: lead you into transgression won't write it up and make you sign a false confession yeah i i dare i say that might not be a made-up scenario that could be a really cheap (laughs) jab jab at at his his now at his now ex-wife sarah (laughs) topic of the infamous love ballad Sarah (laughs) less than a decade before this (laughs) and then the blood on the tracks is widely regarded as the divorce album Mm. and then so I think some of this era things like that this like Lead you to transgression, like, look what you made me do, right? <laughs> yeah, you made me cheat on you, you signed a false confession, day. took all my
0: shit, <laughs> you messed up my day.
1: It's just one of those days where you don't want to wake up, everything is fucked. everybody sucks.
2: You're not content, yeah. you watered down our love, yeah, prenuptial my ass. <laughs> yeah. oh. Oh, false man. claims
1: love that's pure it don't make no false claims
2: <laughs> Yeah, boy so, boy he was upset when he wrote that boy just, but it's a catchy
1: little little tune though <laughs> it is
2: it is pretty catchy yeah the sound of it uh really doesn't fit with the i mean i appreciate that it sounds more positive than the lyrics are because the song is listenable with it positive like that but Woof. Uh, I don't want to talk about that one anymore. Uh, the next one is Woof <laughs> <laughs> track six, The Groom Still Waiting at the Altar. And this one wasn't originally on the record, was it? No, I had to.
0: Man, I had to go stream this one, and I didn't get to spend nearly... So you I, have I, you have I, the vinyl copy, and the groom still waiting at the altar is not included. That's
1: correct. The first uh, the first presses of this did not include it. It was repressed shortly after. I think like later the same year or the the very next year, but shortly after it. But no, my copy did not have that that track on there. I was kind of completely unfamiliar with it. It's hmm. one of
0: the better songs. I mean, cont- I think it's a good contribution to the album. It would be worse without this song, probably, right? It
2: just sounds like generic blues dad rock again to me. Uh, it is blues dad rock. It's, it's got not a little offensive. spice to it, though. It's not offensive. I don't have... I'm not going to get angry talking about it. Uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> so this one makes it on Biograph, the 1985 uh, thing, The Greatest Hits Volume 3. And um, it's been included on a few things, but played very little live.
0: He's, uh, he's clearly vibing on this, this song. He's his vocal performance shreds, honestly. And within <laughs> the context of this album, it, it rips. It's not, it's not a bad song. Uh, I, although I do start to have a pro a feeling around this, this part of the album that I've been listening to it for too long and I want to turn it off and, <laughs> that's not good because we got four whole ass songs to go, and one of those is really long. That's
1: very. That's true. It's
0: weird. This one didn't
2: make it on the album originally. I didn't read to see why, but it's strange that they would go back. I don't know of many albums that got a second release with added content on it so close. That wasn't some yeah. sort of like anniversary thing. And well, it
0: could could have had
2: to do with the the bad sales. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. Okay. So, and that's what I was kind of getting at. It apparently this album wasn't uh, well received when it came out, and this is considered one of the hits off the record. Yeah, I, why didn't it I w- appear on here in the first place? He would already had the song; he'd been played it five times in 1980. Mm, yeah, I'm
1: curious if the song wasn't all, what what is on the album. Wasn't already recorded before the rest of the stuff on the album. Maybe like like maybe they were gonna cut it as a single or something, kind of mm. like positively Fourth Street wasn't an album song; it was only a single. Mm. Like so, it could be a scenario like that, like where you know how we had uh, we had talked in the first episode for Down in the Groove, Matt, how you had said I just have a hard time believing that all of the you know. There's supposed to be a vault of songs that you know, <laughs> yeah, unpublished, yeah. you know, unpublished Dylan on, right? stuff. Yeah. And it's like this. This is kind of where that kind of stuff starts to like get get wrung out. Like, it's like, <laughs> well, what else he got back there, Bob? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got this one we were doing for a week last year. Here you go. <laughs> it's like, good, yeah, that's
2: better than all any of this crap, <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> I um, don't know. I do think this album is better having this uh, song on it, though. It's not bad. I don't know what it really means. I, I think at this point I've probably lyrically checked out, thanks to the the, <laughs> the probably ang- the probable anger I was feeling from a couple of the other ones before. And at this point, I'm just kind of like hearing the music. I'm not really. So I don't really. And J- the J- Rocket Gibraltar and Jordan, I understand have. Religious importance, but I don't know what he's talking about through most of this. <laughs> so. of the
0: rock, I, I, don't,
2: I don't know. Well, I don't know yeah. what to say about this one. This one just—it feels long. It's generic long. It's bluesy, dad rock,
0: and it sounds sounded rock. good in the Grand Dam in 1982. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty good. It's pretty good blues rock compared to some of this other shit. But moving on, let's—we were all hoping for more Bob Dylan reggae music, and, and we got it. <laughs> on, <Yeah>. on <laughs>
2: dead man, dead man. And I think that's why this one makes the song I like the best on the album. It's just weird. It comes in a weird. It's not weird in a way like Lenny Bruce is, where it's. Kind of, It's it's a slow slog Lenny Bruce's Dead Man Dead Man is just a strange Reggae song that Bob Dylan happens to Sing on and I for some Reason am for it on this I liked this one
0: Yeah, like while the the on principle Dylan Reggae is like <laughs> maybe not the best idea. Uh it's it's clear there was some effort and some some high level musicianship on this track, which is nice. And the drumming is really good.
1: That that's true. We get again with the, these like kind of fake violent obviously made up scenarios, something like you would see in these these chick, chick comics. Mhm. Chick 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 tracks with the yeah chick tracks it's the what are you trying to overpower me with the doctrine or the gun my (laughs) back is already to the wall where can i run it's like who has got you backed up against the wall
2: with a gun and a bible (laughs) you know yeah it's like no, what? this song for me basically boils down to yet another <laughs> Bob Dylan is angry at people that think differently and have different religious beliefs than he does. That's, the, I mean, he's everything about this. He, there's a part where he's uh, angry. He says, The way you hold your head, cursing God with every move. Oh, I can't stand it. I can't stand it. He's just, A what man. are you trying to prove? <laughs> yeah. He's just angry at people that think differently than him. It sounds
0: Yeah. Like. Yeah. I, uh, I, I realized recently that at, at Joe Biden's speeches, he's just like yelling the whole time, like there's no dynamic. He just, he's just never stops yelling. <laughs> the
1: forces of fairness, to Marshall, the forces of science and the forces of hope. The battle to control the virus, the battle to build prosperity, the battle to secure your family's health care.
0: And that's kind of what Bob's doing on this album. There's not like a lot of uh, dynamic nuance. It's just, it's just shouting.
1: Yeah, I agree. In the chorus, he, he or the verses, he's definitely shout singing. But I really like the the holler, the distinguish distinguishing between shout singing and the holler. The way he hollers, "Dead man," mm-hmm. I think I I think it's pretty cool. It's one of the things that I'm talking about where it's like evident he's still like he's still like young you know he hasn't mm. burned completely out
2: yet and he I agree work. I like the chorus on this I thought uh, even the pretty generic uh steel drum thing that's going on back there I thought the musicianship was all really good I just love the sound of a steel drum so even if it's kind of okay I'm going to love it his mm. his holler singing in the chorus is really good this one was a real winner for me I think it's the
0: best one of the bunch That's really a good one Interesting Uh well moving on in the summertime uh I actually have a kind of an affinity for this song even though it's in a sort of unfortunate placement in the track listing <laughs> uh, it's it's a decent song and but I mean it's got some some dogmatic Christian language uh, and it, it does feel pretty long it's pretty monotonous but maybe that's why I like it the repetition just sticks in my head uh, but it, it's got it's got the uh it's got the characteristic brutal Dylan harmonica going on here, and I'm, <laughs> uh-huh. I'm personally not a fan of the uh, aggressive Dylan harmonica. <laughs> Justin, I know your favorite. Dylan record is John Wesley Harding, and I I just, I think that album has some really aggressive harmonica on it that I just can't really hang with.
1: I can't say that you're wrong. (laughs) I just, I really like it. (laughs) Mm. I, well, I don't, I never really noticed his harmonica. One thing I liked about John Wesley Harding is, I mean, yeah, there's some harmonica playing, but it's not quite as spastic, for lack of a better term, as... It was like in his freewheeling, the times they are a-changing, you know. He kind of does play with some melody. But if you're not a fan of his harmonica playing in general, just the way that album is mixed, that harmonica is so upfront that you most certainly hear it. You can't not hear it. And if you're just not your ears aren't geared for it, you just, you wouldn't like that album, you know, and there's nothing I can do for you. That's unfortunate because I love it, you know, mm. <laughs> but I, I understand why someone would be irritated by it. There are some eras of Dylan that I don't like purely just because of the way they audibly sound and not necessarily because of any of the content, just because it's like, I really can't listen
2: to this, you know? <laughs> yeah. Is this song, um, Talking about is the partner that he has in this song God or Jesus or a real partner?
0: You know. I have no I, idea actually.
2: I thought when I the first few listens, I thought, Oh, this is nice. It's a he's still angry about other people that think differently, but now he's not also blaming his uh girlfriend or partner. He's got a confidant in them and they're they're uh, dealing with their issues together and he d- appreciates this person. But now as I read the lyrics, it just looks like he's talking about God.
0: Yeah, you're right. You're totally right. It it sounds like a love song, but it's about Jesus or God or whatever.
2: You're right. So I have to take back the one merit I thought I had to give to him where I was like, hey, he's not blaming his girlfriend for his problems. <laughs> yeah, we're making progress, but no. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's right. Yeah. I've been talking to... a counselor well a pastor (laughs) that's what he that's what that's what it sounds like here you really you really turned a corner here a really strange corner bob (laughs) uh well i had a hard time really engaging with this song at all Uh, it
0: completely lost my attention on pretty much every listen Um, yeah it's it's just that once again we find ourselves in a critically boring part of the album where right. we can't we can't afford mediocrity. <laughs> it definitely feels
1: I mean like it's a textbook example of like filler. Yeah. A filler track. I don't in know my, I think in it's my opinion.
0: Good. <clears throat> this is one of my faves, honestly.
2: Really? I like that it's uh, the title is In the Summertime and to me it even sounds warmer than a lot of the other songs on the album mm-hmm. and I appreciated the change of tone the, the warmer tone of the song but otherwise it was forgettable and i was really ready for the to not be listening to this album especially later in the week uh-huh. by the time i was getting yeah. to the end into these tracks i was really ready to be done so this one i don't remember it doesn't stick with me so well
1: i found myself in in this song oftentimes subconsciously like finding ways to distract myself in the time of this song like i would like <laughs> be in the bathroom when this song is on and realize like, I don't think I really needed to pee. I think I was just taking the, op- I think I was taking the opportunity to pee yeah. because like, because I truly don't, yeah.
0: I don't care. I don't
1: even really care enough to try and generate a comment.
0: Speaking of losing interest, we, let's move on to trouble. Um, I, I just, I, Track nine, Trouble. I just, per- I personally have a lot of disdain for this song, and oh. I, re- I really can't stand it when it comes on. I am pissed. It's not about <laughs> anything. It's, not, it's just another blues rock song where the title is repeated ad nauseum. And I might actually say this is one of Dylan's worst songs. If I had never heard, like, (laughs) Handy Dandy and some of the other garbage we've had to listen to.
2: Yeah.
1: I completely disagree. Really? You like Trouble? I do. I like it a lot. I I will say that all of the variables by themselves, it should sum up to a song that I don't like at all. But for some reason, I like this one. And I can't tell what it is that I like about this song. I I I hate the the paper drums, the tinny <laughs> '80s car stereo production, but I mean, even there's a stupid fucking cowbell. <laughs> yeah, um, hoping <laughs>
0: so, yeah, yeah. so you bring up the cowbell, there's like a a fucking cowbell or bottle or something that yeah. someone is clanging, and it's like really off rhythm yeah. and it's so loud in the mix. <laughs> yeah. Clever, clever.
2: Not not a fan of this song, and I should have known at the first uh, chorus, the trouble, 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 nothing but trouble. There's not a turnaround lyric in here. He, st- he states a whole bunch of really bad stuff going on, and usually there's like a turnaround. There's like a, but if you give yourself to God, or if you do this, you can redeem it th- this way, and there's none of that here. It really is nothing but trouble, the yeah. whole song. It's a downer <laughs> song.
0: Yeah. And then the song ends. It's mm-hmm. it's really raw. It's not... I'm just... I'm so indifferent to it. And it's... I mean, I get why they put it at track nine. It's just yeah. it's totally unremarkable. Uh, Although but, it does have uh, the other
2: jolting moment for
0: me. <laughs>
2: at the, at yeah. the three yeah, minutes it's... and 44 seconds, there's a loud, yeah, that's really oh, jolting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: It is so loud. (laughs) It's multiple times actually, like. It gave me a serious fucking scare while I was listening (laughs) because I thought someone was in my house.
2: (laughs) It does. It almost sounds a stereo, like uh, someone's walking across a stereo uh, set of microphones so you hear the pan, you know?
0: It's It's, so scary and mixed so unbelievably loud. I can't believe no one caught that. (laughs) Maybe the vinyl mix is different on that, but on Spotify or if you listen to this song... At, what is it, 3.45, Matt? Yeah, 3 minutes, 44 seconds is what I have written down. Yeah. It's like, it just sounds like someone's right behind you. <laughs> <laughs> It got me every time, every time it came on, because
2: I was listening with headphones on um, and I would be walking outside most of the time. So whenever that yeah came in, there was a good couple times where I was like, oh, am I in someone's way that's on a bike or something? <laughs> like, oh, <what?"> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's yeah. just behind you like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Scary.
1: <laughs> in verse number five of this song, Bob seemingly just gives up. <clears throat> It says here, nightclubs of the brokenhearted, stadiums of the damned. It, basically, <laughs> everyone, everywhere. Legislature, perverted nature, doors are, that are rudely slammed. Look into infinity, all you see is trouble.
2: Fucking downer song. I yeah. mean, like, yeah,
1: <laughs> it doesn't matter, yeah, how big or how small or how organized or how natural, that the doors are just rudely slammed. You can look into infinity. All you see is trouble.
0: It's all bad. It's all, <laughs> it's bad. all bad.
1: Man, Bob, you've just had a real terrible, terrible life experience, huh? It's Those doors doors just been slammed all over the place for you,
2: Bob Dylan. <laughs> I don't know what uh, that so because you can there, there's a An argument for sad music or for downer music that hits a specific mood, you know, breakup songs, you like to hear sad music when you're going through bits. I'm not sure what situation this downer song is meant to pair with. Right. Just the feeling of uselessness, of helplessness, and I want to feel more of that, I guess. Nothing but trouble. Literally nothing
0: (laughs) but trouble. Trouble.
1: Trouble. 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 (laughs) nothing but trouble
0: (laughs) well let's keep it moving uh let's talk about track 10 every grain of sand this is the uh the one song on this album that critics really seem to like although it did not make the cut for dylan's greatest hits volume three
1: which is is essentially
0: greatest hits
1: bad dylan (laughs) (laughs) right exactly (laughs) uh
0: i mean we've got some actual poetic lyrics on this one and it's, it's a good song. I, I feel like by the time I get to this point in the album, I'm just too worn down to appreciate whatever this song has going for it. And it's a real shame because it comes right after Trouble. Uh, but in, in isolation, if you come to the table with fresh ears, this is a good ass song. Yeah, uh, I don't mind the song when when it starts up,
2: I thought I was listening to an old eels uh, song of some kind like uh, they they in a lot of early stuff start out with just a, an electric clean guitar picky part. And so I feel a little nostalgic towards the song for no reason. And I think that might be clouding my judgment a little bit because I end up coming away liking this one a lot more then I should. I listened to it in isolation uh, yesterday, actually. I just put it on. I did a walk and it was the last one that I uh, didn't get to listen to. Did another walk and started with this one to just finish the listen. And by itself, I came away liking it less than I did when I listened to it as a whole. I, 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 I know what you mean with the...
1: Thinking it was an eel song or that kind of a a, a genre or time of music, the mm-hmm. the the synth notes at the beginning of that track, I just I really liked them. I I, I even
2: noted here production golden any era. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, although production wise, I also have a note. Did you guys hear the weird warble sound at around a minute four to a minute eight? There's like a strange. Almost like something's not grounded right <laughs> warble somewhere in the I'm chain. Not sure no, I've got that. That. Yeah, I, I listened to this entire thing on headphones, uh, loudly.
0: I mean it, yeah, it is weird production style, but if you can stomach it, uh this this is a song I recommend checking out. If you wanna just if you wanna hear the best of the bad. This is, this is a decent song, and it's—I think it's a good example of why it's actually worthwhile to dig through these weird Dylan albums because sometimes you'll find a good song.
1: That is—that is true of this experience. Like, uh, there are songs that I've been forced, voluntarily forced to spend some time with, and have come away with like a handful of some nugs that I probably never would have heard or given a chance.
0: You know, totally. I get why this was chosen as the last song, but it's just really unfortunate contextually. It's like, it's like hidden treasure. It's like a buried treasure. You got to dig through a bunch yeah. of bullshit to get it.
2: Uh, yeah, I wonder if I were to take a just an EP amount of tracks that I really liked off of this one and just toss the other ones that really bugged me, what I would think of that compilation. Because that this one. Uh, dead man, dead man, and uh, even though I don't like the lyrics, I like the vibe of Property of Jesus a lot. I think if he just released that as a three-track little thing, I probably would go away. I, I would call that good Dylan, but yeah, that's high quality.
1: We yeah. ought to we ought to do a mixtape later uh, later in this, like the I've, best I've,
0: of the bad and the worst of the bad. Yeah, because yeah. I've got it.
1: My 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 cassette deck is toast as far. It'll play but it won't record things. The recording mechanism is all fucked up. But uh but if I can get one that uh, it'd be cool to make like a like a little a little mixtape rip that we could uh make copies of, like do a 50 run of them. I and would se- love that. And mm-hmm. sell them sell them to all <laughs> you Patreon subscribers for a <laughs> Three easy installments of $150.
2: <laughs> that might be the thing that gets us canceled,
0: selling Bob Dylan's <laughs> music. but. Um. <laughs> well, let's, let's move on to some reviews we found on the internet of this album. Uh, Amazon user James Carroll says simply, less secular would be better. <laughs> let that sink in less secular yeah. be better
2: <laughs> and when you said that i had it reversed in my head i was
0: <laughs> <laughs> right i was like yeah and then i was like wait a minute because there's interestingly I, I don't know if you guys have had the same experience but digging through amazon reviews and stuff there are a lot of christian dylan fans mm-hmm. it's a thing Right, this album and the
1: trilogy of, of Christian albums do fall in two very distinct and specific subgenres of listeners. There are people that exist that if it is certified Christian music, if this is advertised as a Christian album, they will like it because what's your favorite kind of music? Christian music. <laughs> and then there are also people that it does not matter. If it has Bob Dylan's name on it, it is gold. People that right. literally say and I can get to some of them here in a minute, but Dylan defenders that will will not concede that Bob Dylan could possibly release anything that is like subpar. Are you
0: kidding? Right. R- this is I mean, this is this is why I get downvoted to oblivion when I post our stuff on on <laughs> Reddit. Reddit. Yeah. Um yeah. and it's like <laughs> Uh, Even my favorite person in the world, I will criticize. Like, everyone, de- I feel like everyone deserves a little criticism. Mm-hmm. Like, that's
1: how, it's again, that's how when I was 10 years old, I felt about DC talk. It was like, <laughs> I don't care what it sounds like. It's great because this is the greatest band ever. And yeah. so I understand, like, having that much hype about something, but, 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 uh, it seems like I don't know as we evolve in our listening experience that part of really enjoying the greatest parts of your favorite artist is also acknowledging like you know dare you say I mean like I know this is weird but like Bob's
0: actually got some stuff that I don't
1: I don't really like you know <laughs> yeah I mean on
0: the on the religious Dylan fan tip I've got one more quick review here uh, Amazon user Faradon Teravash says of all Bob Dylan albums, "Shot of Love" holds second place behind only one album, "Saved." Yeah, wow. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, those people. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you guys got any reviews for us?
2: Yeah, I got a couple. Um, this one, uh, "Kid Edge." I'm not. That's not the, how you really say that. But uh, I liked this one because it's just a mediocre review, 2.5 stars. I tolerate it. But then I got to thinking, why would you put on something you feel like you have to tolerate? Like I tolerated this for our project. Do you guys listen to music that you just simply tolerate on your free time? Or do I, you... I, I do. I don't, I, I don't understand it's a that thing. mentality there. But
1: sometimes, like I'm just trying to get stuff done around the house, and I want music playing in the background. And I just feel like I'm particularly in a Bob Dylan mood is when I would pull out something like. Shot of love. There are things that I don't put on in the background, but I understand someone saying, like, yeah, it's listenable.
2: Yeah, for me, I'm the type of guy that if I were to try and watch all the way through all nine Star Wars movies, I'd skip the second one of the prequels. I don't need to know what happens in that movie or watch it. The continuity is less important than me
0: having to sit through But that movie is so baffling, though. Like just to look at, (laughs) it's like all filmed on a green screen, and like there's no soul
2: to any of it. I think my favorite part of that movie, not to go totally off topic, is the part where he surfs on that creature while they're, while him and Princess Amidala are in a field of some kind, and he surfs on a CG 3D (laughs) animal. That movie is so strange. It's just so strange.
1: I don't like sand. It's coarse and rough and irritating. And it gets everywhere. Not like here. Here everything
2: is soft. And smooth. Yeah, so anyway... I would skip that movie. If I were watching all the way through all nine movies, I'd
0: skip that one easy. I would, but you <laughs> like bad movies, and that's I like know. an incredibly bad movie. Oh,
2: I can't watch that one. I, I really, really? I really can't. I, I refuse to. I I hate Fascinating. that movie. Yeah. I, I would go. I'd do a whole other bonus episode on that fucking movie. Uh, but the, my, other, uh, my other review, to get back on topic, Baby's Gang uh, gave it five stars Uh, The title, Stadiums Be Damned. And this one's really sarcastic, so I like this. Um, Born again Dylan, so of course this is shit. Guys, I just read Richard Dawkins' The God Delusion, and oh boy is my mind blown to bits. Christianity sucks. God sucks. This piece of shit record is one of Bono's favorite Dylan records, so it obviously sucks, because Bono sucks. I'm not by any stretch of the word religious, but Dylan's Christian period is some of the most life-affirming and deliciously angry music that ever entered my life. If I knew Jesus would have any relevance in my life, I'd get down on my knees right now to kiss his feet, and I can't stand feet. <laughs> <laughs> what is, there were so many
0: twists and turns in that.
2: <laughs> it's my favorite review by far. So, uh, it's the incredible. Whole <laughs>
0: That's incredible. Also, can I just point out that you said Bono the first time and, and then Bono. Bono the second time? Yeah. <laughs> Bono. Uh, I uh, I think I was thinking of Sonny
2: Bono when I said it the first time sure. and then actually thought. Yeah, of Bono. different person.
0: <laughs> different guy. Yeah. Really? What? Uh album of the year dot org user Luca Dornellis writes I wish I could say this is one of those hated albums that I like, but I can't. It's actually just shitty. Bob's voice sounds like how people who don't like his voice think his voice sounds like. Uh, uh, <laughs> Out of tune, screeched. Same things for the musicality. It's strangely disjointed and very bland. I agree with that. All music user Evan Lublinsky, who I think we've quoted in the past, uh, says Shot of Love is a decent album with a bipolar disposition constantly shifting from adequate rock to drab mediocrity. This album's main value, however, emerges from its function as proof that the dismal saved was a fluke and that Dylan could return from that low point and produce more good music. This is a small victory at best, (laughs) as there's little impressive about being somewhat better than an artist's worse album. (laughs) But nonetheless, this is all that Shot of Love really accomplishes. That's pretty stupid. Yeah, that's way better than
2: I've put anything so far tonight. Did you guys come up with some words for this one? I've got some words. What are your three words just Justin? Okay. Well, I got I got
1: tame. Just because compared to the previous album Saved, this seemed like a maybe somewhat of a commercial mulligan, like his production team realized that the, you know, like we said, contemporary Christian was kind of a new thing and like maybe they thought Saved was a bit of an overshot, <laughs> you know? And so mm-hmm. they kind of went and, like, dressed it down a little bit, took a shot with a shot of love. <laughs> Maybe a tranquilizer um, dart. Or so, mm-hmm. yeah, I I, def, I definitely feel like this album, you know, in context of following up the album that preceded it, I definitely feel like this was a pulling of the reins a bit. So it's tame. Mm, yeah, yeah. And then interestingly enough, and I came up with these words uh, before we recorded this um, and had all that discussion about uh, the production of this, but I put polished. (laughs) (laughs) The the production value here is exactly the opposite of albums like uh, Down in the Groove or Knocked Out Loaded. At least the instrumentation and the orchestration all seems to be intentional and, for the most part, rehearsed. I mean, we know Dylan, if not rehearsed in the studio, at least we know Dylan was, like, he was touring a lot. So a lot of these songs had probably been practiced, rehearsed, had been done. It's on par with other boring early 80s musics to me, you know, <laughs> so... yeah. And then and then I've also got confused. And I'm not sure if they knew exactly what they were shooting for with shot. Yeah. <laughs> but regardless, I have to say I like this
0: album and I think it's good Dylan. <laughs> Interesting. I think it's I think it's top tier bad Dylan. Uh my words uh mediocre. When I first heard this album, I, I kind of dug it, like you said, Justin. Like, musically, it's noticeably better than a lot of the shit we've been slogging through. <laughs> uh, but if you pan out a little bit and can consider how it sounds compared to good music, <laughs> it's largely forgettable and mediocre. It's also inconsistent. It, once again, feels like we've got a, a different producer, different engineer, different studio on every song. Um, so inconsistent it's my second adjective and lastly listenable it's on the it's on the more palatable side of the bad bob dylan spectrum uh it's like a, it's like a drinkable table wine <laughs> um my words are spiteful
2: because of the obvious angry judgmental subject matter of a lot of the songs uh reforma- reformational Uh, Which I have because once I learned my little trick halfway through where I turned off the language processing sectors of my brain and just heard the music part, I found I liked the album a lot more. Hmm. Uh, So it reformed itself, or I reformed how I listen to music, and it it got better. And then my third word uh, also is mediocre. Uh, I'm not sure if I can expound on it more than we already have, but... (laughs) i I thought it was i I had i had a different experience than you guys did where i didn't like it at first and i didn't have a lot of high hopes and then i turned around to liking it more than i did so it went from bad not to good mediocre (laughs)
0: uh well matt lawhead would you recommend this album no,
2: listen to the tracks that showed up on uh, the Best of Bob Three instead. Listen to that instead, and hear. I think there's two tracks that made it onto, or one, at least one. Just hear whatever of the album is on that.
0: Justin Hickerson, would you recommend this album?
2: Sure, give it a swing. You might,
1: you might find out you like it too. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like the, the the word that you used earlier, palatable. It doesn't require a lot of effort to listen to. So if you're one who's into exploring boring music, yeah, <laughs> hell, I don't know.
2: I liked it. Yeah, I, I liked it. Nicholas, how would you? Uh, what would you tell people to do with this album?
0: Uh, if you're into bad music, if you're in, if you're into <laughs> if you're Bob Dylan completionist, by all means. I mean, I'm sure you've already heard it. If you're if you're those things. I'm just I'm looking at the Bob Dylan's greatest hits Volume three track list, and there's some incredible songs on there, uh, Tangled Up in Blue, Changing of the Guard from Street Legal, Knocking on Heaven's Door, mm-hmm. and, and it's alongside <laughs> like <laughs> under the Red Sky and uh, Silvio, Brownsville <laughs> Girl. Oh, that's eclectic. Yeah, I cannot believe that Brownsville Girl
1: or, or anything from the album Knocked Out Loaded wound up on any compilation of any <laughs> kind I think, of. See, I, think,
0: I thought Brownsville Girl was a high point for for Bad Dylan, and I, I'm surprised that uh, I'm surprised that every grain of sand isn't on there. It's weird that they chose Brownsville Girl instead of that, though. <laughs> and this is straying <laughs> off
1: topic of just this album, but I think Bob sometimes like knows that there are these people that are 100% loyal to him no matter what and i think like a lot of things that he does has to be delivered with some kind of sarcasm like brownsville girl being such a long stupid song <laughs> knowing that it doesn't matter how absurd or how far he goes with just making things up I think Bob sometimes plays on these like loyalists though, and intentionally releases stuff that he knows no one's actually gonna like to kind of like wink, like wink, wink, smirk, smirk at
2: whoever might notice. will be like, yeah, I know it's bad. Like look, look, yeah. you, look at this. Is or is it a condescending? Uh, like oh, they'll buy anything. Even watch this. You know,
0: I'll put this yeah. on there. And they'll yeah, buy it. that's it. That. <laughs>
2: That's exactly what I'm talking
0: about. <laughs> Here's my theory. I think he's releasing this bad music so that some idiots will make a podcast about it and then get downvoted when they post it on Reddit. <laughs> yeah. Dude, he's, he nailed it on that, though. He, the best he conceptual it. art piece of our generation, really. <laughs> Masterful execution of that. Well, on that note, fellas, thank you guys so much. Uh, another incredible episode. Thanks for listening along to this album with me, guys. My pleasure. What are, we, what are we up to next? I don't know. What is next, Justin? We've decided
1: we'll do Dylan and the Dead, but we also need to do an... Oh, that's what I think we're going to do. This n- next episode is going to be a diversion episode of bad songs on an otherwise good album.
0: I like it. It's going to yeah. take more research, but I like it a lot. I have a legitimate uh
2: question/uh worry. Um are we going to put a time limit on this? Are we not going to we're not going to string together like 20 songs and make ourselves listen to an hour and a half worth of bad stuff, no, songs? No. I think we should keep it
1: brief. I was thinking like maybe Five or six songs. I agree with that. Songs like, um, oh, what's that song on New Morning? The oh,
0: When Dogs if, Run Free. If,
1: if Dog Run, run Free. It's, <laughs> if uh, that song it's, is bad. <laughs> I, I don't <laughs> like oh, it. If Dogs Run Free.
0: got that beatnik sound, which I just hate. I hate anything that sounds like beatnik music. (laughs) That beatnik shit, like a bongo player for a poet, you know? right? It's like, get out of here. I don't like, (laughs) you know? I'm with you. I'm with you. On the topic of bad scatting, uh, I got to talk about fucking jim morrison on uh i think it's like roadhouse <laughs> blues uh jim morrison tries to scat and he's so bad at it yeah, and he's like doing these weird that. sounds he's like <laughs> it's, like, it's so very weird. funny though i gotta be fuck out <laughs> it's entertaining on that it's level. It's so though. weird. He's <laughs> really bad at scatting.
1: <laughs> on a personal note, I, I cannot whistle, personally. I never figured out how to whistle. So, And you two guys probably know this about me, but there was a brief... Similarly cringy period of time myself where I was trying to scat in my own <laughs> music in <laughs> like uh, Roger Miller or something and was not I did not uh, hang on to that very long.
2: <laughs> Roger Miller scatting is its own thing though. Uh, a lot of his songs are so like you I'd like to cover them. They're simple, you could do them until you get to that scatting bit, which I'm just never going to try and replicate ever.
0: Beep, pop, beep,
1: the way he scats is pretty specific to him. They, yeah. he, nobody can really do what Roger Miller does the way he does it. Totally. He, he's, he's not he's a, a part of, level scatter. Mm-hmm. I'm so glad we've been throwing this word around for so many minutes now. (laughs) Scat.
0: (laughs) Oh, boy. Boy, on that scat Uh, scat note,
2: though, uh, we're going to say, see you later to all of our faithful listeners, and check us out on that Patreon. Patreon slash,
0: what is it? Bad Dylan Podcast.
2: And shout out to everyone there
1: on the uh, Dylanology Facebook page. The uh, last episode we uploaded got over 100 likes and stirred up all sorts of conversation, which we do read and enjoy. Yeah, I read through a lot of that, and there's a lot of good insight in there, honestly. So any of you Dylan defenders, no hate to you personally, and if you
0: have made it this far, thank you. For listening, <laughs> I I got a really nice message from somebody on Reddit. Uh, I get I get downvoted into oblivion, so nobody sees my posts. But uh, <laughs> somebody did reach out and was like, "Hey, your podcast was really great." They also uh they also recommended we watch the Bob Dylan movie and said that it's like unbelievably bad. So we're gonna have to do that. Bob Dylan starred in a movie, and apparently he's like just. Uh, oh, unbelievably yeah. bad actor. um So we're we're gonna have to track that down. I've sourced watched it. it. I think I have it on yeah, file already. I, I think things, it's uh, called you can Hearts of Fire. Can watch it. Something like that. Shout out to the Bob Dylan subreddit. Love you guys. I feel so welcome there. I feel so loved there. R slash <laughs> <at, at> Bob Dylan. <laughs> For real though. I don't mean any
1: hate to anyone who was trashing us. We get plenty of love on there, too. And I've gotten plenty of nice messages and comments, and people think it's a funny idea. So, just to, we'll just tag this disclaimer on here that anyone that wants to turn their nose up and say this is a silly idea, I'll be the first one here to tell you that this is a very silly idea. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it is, it is, yep. it is a. It is a, a very silly idea. That's so it. thank you. Thank you for listening and obliging.
0: It's been a some- really wild way to spend hundreds of hours of my time. And uh, I wouldn't <laughs> I wouldn't rather do it with anyone else. Love you guys. No shit. Aw, oh, same. Alright. <laughs> Alright. Well that'll wrap it up for this week. Thanks for listening. Thanks, guys. Bye. Hey. Wow. Hey, wow. Thanks so much for listening to our episode. I appreciate that you're here. I wanted to ask of you, if you like our podcast and have any friends you think would enjoy this content, please let them know about Bad Dylan. It's kind of niche content we're making here, but we believe in it and we want people to hear it. So send it to your dad. Send it to your Uncle Randy. Send it to the gal who works over at the counter at the bank. Thanks again. Our Dylan in the Dead episode is in the works and will be out in a few weeks, so keep an eye out for that. We'll see you next time. Cheers.